You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Here and there and everywhere. I picture that be our compare. This is the autofill. I loved that show. Dude, who did not love that show? That was like the like part of that golden age of 2D animation that was on TV. Like when that anime it looks so good. Go, dude, just golden age of Saturday morning cartoons. I'm so sad. That, that's not a thing anymore. No. Remember, remember that we used yeah, to. Everything be th- looks like it's like flash, flash animation, <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> yeah. screaming stuff now. Oh, do they even still have Saturday morning cartoons? It all looks like it's like Sea World. We're going to save some whales for half an man, hour. Man, I don't. And I, educational bullshit. I have not seen like a schedule of Saturday morning cartoons. I don't know why he's silently pointing at you like, yeah, <laughs> like like we've ever been like, no, Jeff, don't fucking talk. Nuh-uh, don't you dare put that microphone up. <laughs> don't you dare turn your mic on. No, no, no. Is is it's turned into educational programming because yeah. FCC requires it. Man, but it wasn't know, educational but back then. It they was used educational. To, yeah, and they used to like work in education. Yeah, to, like the uh, Care Bears. They're like, it's never too late if you care enough. <laughs> Is that educational? I, I, I told, A little bit. It, it taught me that it's never too late if I care enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember they used to have... I care. When they were doing the new season. And that's why I stare. In the fall. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, You're not going to get me to talk bad about the Care Bears. That's the one of the Care first Bear theaters. Countdown. First movies I saw in theaters. In Beaville. The Care Bear movie. That's right. Yeah. You know it. But yeah, they used to have that Friday morning, or it, it was like a Friday special, yeah. like debuting. It was like, here's a sneak all the peek. Car- Remember, all they, the they would like throw all the cartoons like yeah. into one thing together. It was, and it was like, like Punky Brewster went on like some adventure with her friends, and they're oh like, "Oh my god, we went into like video game world with Pac-Man." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, dude, they had like the 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 Saturday morning arcade, and it was all yeah. these cartoons based on like video games. You and know, stuff. I'm not going to put Pac-Man in that category of the Golden Age, though. Dude, that was an awful that, cartoon. That was well, that was right before we hit gummy bears. I think so. Yeah, yeah. and Dungeons and Dragons. But we had like Jim. Jim, dude. Yeah, Jim and the holograms. All the Disney ones. Darkwing yeah. Duck. And, Let's get dangerous, uh, bitch. Let's get dangerous. <laughs> rescue. Actually, was Rescue Rangers Saturday morning? Chip, 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 that chip may have been afterwards. It was. It was after school. Like there were those. There were the shows that were before, and mm-hmm. then the shows that were after. Uh, like in the morning, we had like Alvin and the Chipmunks, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles was Definitely. in the morning, and then when you got into the afternoon, you had that block of like GI Joe Transformers. Yep. Uh, Small wheelhouse. I'm trying. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> and then you had like Ducktales. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I that was some good stuff. Uh, Probably one of the best ones. Yeah, that has nothing to do with why we're here today. This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. <laughs> Sometimes they're uh, they're bad movies. Sometimes they're really good movies, no matter what the case. We will take a look at this film and, uh, and analyze it and discuss it with each other and with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners. And uh, today, mm. we are paying homage to... Because this has been the worst week. Oh, my God. As far as celebrity deaths are concerned, this yeah. has been the worst week ever. So much to the point that people have started posting fake deaths yeah. like, or people that died like 10 years ago just to kind of pile on to the – and I, I saw I saw, I saw, saw the Bob Denver one. Yeah. And I was like, Bob Denver died? He died a like 10 years ago. ago. But yes. I was like, wait a minute. And then uh, the jig was up when I saw um, uh, who's Hunter S. Thompson. Like somebody <laughs> reposted the Hunter. And I'm like, wait a minute. That motherfucker died. That was early aughts. Like Clark Gable. Yeah. Clark Gable dead, guys. Like, all right, I guess this is a thing now. Now, we lost some incredible people just within the course of a week, maybe a week and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Natalie Cole. 
That's right. Away. Oh my god, I totally forgot about her. Lemmy Kilmeister from uh, Motorhead. Yeah, gone. Technically end of December, but whatever. Uh, and then we uh, we lost David Bowie at the beginning of the. I mean, just like what a horrible. It, it, I'll tell you. Okay. My buddy Matthew, or the host of MVP, Matthew, yep. his baby was born the 11th, the same day David Bowie passed oh, away. Oh, I saw your post. And I posted the thing. I was like, man, David Bowie gave up his spot on this planet for you, kid. We're expecting good things. Or the spirit of David Bowie has now been born into this child. Let's not He's going to go. I'm just no, saying. It could be like hearts and souls. Because the child was born before David Bowie died. Yeah, but we don't know how spirits work. It doesn't have to I be know a black how and spirits white. work. Maybe that Look, slowly... his kid is not David Bowie, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go over there and there's going to be like a, a lightning, a lightning thing over his eye. You're like, oh, we well, decided to call him Ziggy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, oh, man. We throw a little guitar and he's like, you know, two weeks <laughs> old. <laughs> Ziggy play guitar. <laughs> God damn it. Your kid is Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. So we lost David Bowie, age of 69, to cancer. And then like a few days later, Alan Rickman, dead at the age of 69, to cancer. cancer. Fuck cancer, man. Yeah, dude. Seriously. Did anybody- and then Dan Haggerty yeah. from fucking Elves. The triumvirate. The, the guy who, <laughs> you said that this morning, you're like, man, taking all the good ones. I'm like, what? <laughs> Dan Haggerty doesn't exactly <laughs> fall into that that category. But I thought he was dead when we did our review of Elves like two years ago. <laughs> you know what's sad is, I oh yeah, that's right, we even played him in the In Memoriam yes, last year, did. didn't we? <laughs> oh, prescient on our part. Uh, but for <laughs> yes, a second by there, Sapphire. I was like, John Fogarty died? Eat mama's pussy. And then they were like, <laughs> That's awful. John Fogarty? I, th- I thought it was John Fogarty, and then I was like, oh, no, Dan, Dan, <laughs> Dan Haggerty. Dan Haggerty. And it's kind of sad, but I felt a little less. <laughs> a little less. Because so, oh, th- okay. if you were to watch Elves, his career was already yeah. dead and buried. Um, no, so uh, so David Bowie. We were paying uh, paying tribute to David Bowie today, and Jeff, Jeff Earnshaw's uh, nipple, uh, he keeps pointing to his nipple. <laughs> well, because you guys are still missing one. Who? Is uh, James Avery, a.k.a. Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince, died this week, too. No, he did. He died already a long no. time ago. See, this is one of the coaxes. No. He, di- he died. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, <laughs> you got- I totally <laughs> bought that one. Totally <laughs> bought that one. Right, Man, we got mind. that one captured. Thank you. You're no longer allowed to turn. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut that part out, Jeff. Cut your own part out. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> this is, well, we're all going to die someday, yes. Technically. So, so we could just, let's just record them right now, and then we'll like save them yeah. for prosperity. Rest in peace. Guys, Patrick Stewart. Guys, uh, Joel died this past week. Uh, <laughs> guys, I don't know how to tell you, but uh, Joe passed away. Uh, they found his body. It was uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. We all saw it coming. Guys, it's 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 our great displeasure to announce to you that uh, Jeff Earnshaw has passed away. Uh, That's bullshit, man. Who's, 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 <laughs> oh my God, it's the ghost! Ghost! <laughs> <laughs> go, 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 ghost. Uh, all right, Zoinks. so um, so Joel had the idea of doing Labyrinth, which. Would have been a fantastic film to do, honestly. Obvious. It would have been, on, it would have been a fantastic movie to do, and honestly, I think probably a better option. But not only is Labyrinth like David Bowie heavy, like that is David Bowie's, yeah. like, you know, that's it, kind of the crown jewel in David Bowie's film oeuvre, oeuvre, <laughs> of the three movies he was in. <laughs> um, but that one also is like, for me, has like a heavy mom presence to it as well. Like that's something. I spent a lot of time watching with my mother, and like, I get emotional anyway watching that movie. And now to know, like, oh man, Bowie. Uh, um, 
just to kind of touch on David Bowie a little bit, I'm not going to sit here and start being like, man, and then David Bowie did this and he saved my dog from a tree. Um, I, I was surprised, just before you get into your story, I was not surprised. Well, yeah, maybe surprised at just the outpouring on at least my Twitter and Facebook feed. That yeah. All, everyone coming out. It felt a little bandwagony, except the people it was coming from, I know, aren't those type of people. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, I had no idea because I'm, I'm, I'm lukewarm on David Bowie. Di- it, it, there, was so, there were some things that felt a little disingenuous. Like, you know, I, I, I want to laugh. And there's that, that whole thing, like kind of just the, the social media thing now. Mm-hmm. People seem to like relish in like announcing the death of somebody yeah, first. first and, like, I did it first. Feeling something about it first. Like, yeah. I, felt, I felt so hard about this, this death. Um, I love Bowie. You know, one of my favorite shows, uh, definitely a top three show I've ever gone to, it was in 1995. I went to David Bowie and Nine Inch Nails. At, uh, at Starplex, that's so odd it was, pairing. It was an odd pairing, but it was fantastic. And then, like at the end of the night, they did an encore, and in the encore, they all got together and did uh, a version of "Hurt," oh, where, where Bowie sang. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is fucking amazing!" What were the audiences like? Because I don't. Feel it like was a lot of crossover it was, there. It was a pretty diverse audience, but yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. fucking loved it. Like it was a huge deal. Uh, and in fact, if you if you go to YouTube, you could probably find the uh, the Nine Inch Nails David Bowie version of Hurt. Uh, and I, I don't think it's from Dallas, but it was what they did on the tour, and it's amazing. Separate from the Johnny Cash cover? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that mo- song got covered by... Because it wasn't a cover. It was Nine Inch Nails doing it with Bowie singing along. Fair enough. Um, so I've, Bowie's always been... A, 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 well, not always. From high school. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to David Bowie from my, my buddy Derek. Um, and one day, you know, we were doing like, you know, sleepover or whatever on the weekend. Yeah, and, you were. And he pulled out some, some records and he pulled out this one called like, you know, Ziggy Stardust. Uh, and I was like, all right, let me, let me, Gay. I guess I'll listen to this. And I fucking loved it. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking amazing. I, I, I was like Knives Chow where, <laughs> where I started going, I didn't even know there was good music <laughs> until now. Uh, and so from that point forward, I became like a huge Bowie fan and uh, and whenever I would do my like my stage adaptations or my shows, I always slip in a Bowie reference mm. in everything that I've done in the Killing Joke. Really, in the middle of the Joker's uh, in the Joker's uh, monologue, I have a few bits from uh, from Ziggy Stardust, the the song Ziggy Stardust, and uh, and what like just, lyrics? Yeah, um, yeah. I throw in a few like a few lyrics. Do I you throw remember some stuff in? Well, you and wrote I, it. I threw in some stuff like from Suffragette City. I'd kind of throw <laughs> some stuff in there. Interesting. Um, yeah. So when whenever I get the chance, I kind of I'll either throw some lines in, or I'll use it as like pre-show music or something that kind of underscores a scene. And and so in that respect, you know, Bowie's always been kind of important to me. I mean, you've shit, you've been there when we do karaoke. I've got like three, four songs from Bowie that I'll throw down. Yeah, it's expected when you and Jason Cox uh, do uh, under uh, pressure, under pressure cover. Yeah, to the point where you guys get requests for it from. <laughs> People don't even know you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It is. It is uh, <laughs> Jeff hasn't been there for that. It's things of legend. Uh, and you know, like when we originally did it, it was and you were there for my birthday at the billiard den. Mm-hmm. I had never done it before. Oh. And I had actually wanted to do the Bowie part. That I was always, the premiere. Bowie was like, I, I don't. I never, I'm like, I can't do Freddie Mercury. That's not in my range. And Jason Cox was like, Well, that's not in my range either. So I'm going to do Bowie. <laughs> All right. Well, Thanks. I guess here we go. And so that's kind of how that's always played out. But no, dude, uh, Bowie's always been important. I'm not, you know, there was there were points where I was like, man, that, you know, I was sullen. Where I'm like, man, that sucks, you know, because that's that's music that's been with me my entire life. Yep. But you know, I wasn't like wrapping myself up in a in a sad blanket, and, right? You know, and and crying in a corner. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So hitching what, your uh, your wagon to somebody else's horse. Exactly. Work. Yeah. It does, yeah. It does feel a little, little little dirty. So you uh, you didn't have any kind of a history with David Bowie. I didn't really um, until. I mean, he's one of those artists where you start looking at, like, if you if I showed you a, a list of his songs, well, maybe not you, but somebody who's a little unfamiliar with his, uh, I'm not going to use the word oob again because he already pulled that out, <laughs> his body of work. Um, and then it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I know that song. I like this. Oh, I know that song. Oh, oh, he did that? Yeah. So that that was kind of my my, my awakening, you know, but uh, there has been an awakening about 15 years ago where somebody, uh, <laughs> I started looking up Bowie and I'm like, oh, okay. I, 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 I liked him all this time and I didn't even know it. Yeah. I didn't even realize how, because he doesn't, I don't know, would you say he has a sound? It's kind of progressed yeah. throughout the years, He, he has progressed, though. He's He's one of those rare artists where he was able, he's been able to evolve his sound and evolve his image. And David Bowie has never had that point where it was like, oh, fucking Bowie. Like, man, that was a dark time for Bowie, right. like, doing that. No. Like, he's always kind of been that trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he first came out, it was like this this homosexual image. Like, right. oh, this this homosexual guy who's like, you know, got the, the two different eye colors. And he would be made fun of, but people would still try to imitate what he did. And nobody did it as well as he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was able to use that and change things. And when he'd always change that trend. Uh, the the guy uh, I don't know the guy had like a sixth sense when it came to what was going to work as a performer. He sees dead people, right? I yeah, he does, and uh, because he is one. Well, now, now, <laughs> oh, sorry, got to got to be careful. Actually, here, here's a and and this is just maybe an ignorant question, but was he homosexual? No. Okay, I didn't think no. so. No. He's I, just, he was just very very free with his body, man. I guess that's a good thing <laughs> that I didn't know that because his were had he been like his work still transcended any sort of personal yeah uh, and then you look at the legacy that is left behind now because of you know the the artistry of his kid like duncan jones mm. in the movie moon that he did with sam rockwell fantastic film mm-hmm. so you sit there and go wow <laughs> looks like this kid's got some of his daddy's talent Something in the blood yeah in the dna yeah, yeah, yeah. uh so yeah today we're going to be talking about in honor of david bowie we're talking about a movie called the prestige that's right uh by christopher nolan the prestige uh <laughs> basically wolverine <laughs> and batman are magicians <laughs> like that yes and black widow plays both sides against each other that's right marvel <laughs> meanwhile the sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood Men in Tights <laughs> is acting as a lawyer for Wolverine, and Alfred is kind of stuck in the middle of Alfred. these two. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, a little Marvel <laughs> DC crossover there. There's a lot. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Jeff, his brain looks like it's about to just explode. Basically, what we're learning here is that uh, we need to branch out as far as actors go. In yeah. our, uh, in our, As much as I love uh, Tom Hardy, we, we can't keep... Or, or um, uh, Chris Pratt. Uh-huh. It's like, let, let's branch out. Oh, the Han Solo casting, and I'll just I'll just touch on this briefly. Have you seen what they've narrowed it down to? They've narrowed it down to me, guys. I'm going to be Han Solo. <laughs> we're announcing right here on the editing bay. <laughs> no, um, there were a couple of – most of those people were names, were names, and I'm like – Kid, I've been from one side of the galaxy <laughs> to the other. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, but I've never seen anything that tells me that everything is con- – I, I don't it's remember. It's very lack slide. of days ago. That was yeah. pretty good. Uh, but I, I'm kind of hoping that they just go with an unknown. They talked about, oh, you know, we've we've already. Uh, um, not I think it would be smarter auditioned if they did. like twenty thousand people. Like, well, let's pick one of those then. I think it'd be smarter if they did. If yeah. they went with an unknown, or, or just get Shia LaBeouf. Oh, <laughs> is he in the running? No, I, I don't was going to so. say that'd be no, crazy. That would be amazing if no. they're like, no, guys, Shia. We didn't want to do him for Indiana Jones. We knew how much that would upset you, so we're going to go with <laughs> we're going to go with Han Solo. Uh, all right, so the Prestige, two thousand six. Yep, that's right. I had no clue this was that old of a movie. It it uh, and it holds up. Um, it but, does hold up for the most part. It holds up. 
For uh, yeah, I I put it up there at the top of uh, Christopher Nolan's. He's the, the director of this film. Um, he's that's it's it's top three probably really? as far as Nolan films go. Yeah, because I love Memento. Uh-huh. Uh, Inception is probably my favorite. The Fresh Maker. I just think that's <laughs> <laughs> Memento. <laughs> Don't drop them in Coke. Whatever you do. Uh, but uh, Inception is is a masterpiece. I love Inception. In my that's my favorite Nolan. I've film. seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I I love showing that to new people. And that one gets a lot of shit. Like people are like, "Well, it's just so dumb. It didn't it's make sense. It didn't make sense." I'm like, "But like, it kidding? does make sense." And the the fucking attention to detail you have to have, like. Yes. To keep all that shit juggled, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like that's amazing. Just the amount of imagination it takes to come up with that concept, and like there's there's nothing like it. There's no other film like it, yeah. uh, and that's the, the highest compliment you can give. But yeah, it, it is difficult to wrap your head around. It's really not until that second, maybe even third, for some people viewing, where you kind uh-huh. of start to piece everything together. Right. And I would say the same for the Prestige. The Prestige is a uh, I. I've only, this is only the third time I've seen it. Yeah, and I, I saw it twice within like a three year span. And when this it is first the same same for me. This is probably the second or third time that I've seen this. And movie. I had a I had a completely different theory the first time I saw it than I did the second time, and that yeah. was just me missing some crucial clues. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a thinker. Yeah. We, I was trying to show it to Jenna uh, last night, <laughs> and it was like one a.m. We're gonna start this two and a half hour or two hour movie. Yeah, and I'm like, now you got to pay attention. And we're like, this isn't happening. No, we're thirty minutes in, we both passed out. That's so funny. <laughs> it it is definitely a movie that you got to pay attention to. It's not one of those that you could like kind of come in at the middle of and and oh and hell like, no. Uh, what? Wait, you need, you need to see the very first shot. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Well, because it, I mean, that very first shot sets up exactly like that's the tone. Mm-hmm. This is the clue. You know, you're going to keep coming back to this. And the thing is, not just that image, Mm -hmm. but there's constantly throughout the film, there's images of like, you know, multiplicity. And that's mm-hmm. that's what this movie plays on. It's multiplicity. It's it's uh, it's uh, a misdirection. Oh yeah. Um, the whole movie in itself is a magic trick mm-hmm. being yes. played out to you. And you know, basically, you're getting those those headings. You know, the, in the very beginning, Michael Caine Michael maps Caine. out what a magic trick is. That it starts with the pledge, and then there's the turn, then there's the prestige, mm-hmm. and the movie. Plays pretty much to those beats. Absolutely. Uh, It's brilliantly done. It it is very well done. Uh, I will say that, I don't know, I think for me, maybe I just picked up on things a little too quickly or mm. or something the first time I saw this movie and I hate I hate saying that because that sounds so like well pretentious like <laughs> I saw what was going on no guys. There, there are obviously things that he wants you to feel is suspect I mean Christian Bale is in this ridiculous makeup for half of the half of the movie mm-hmm. and it's obviously a dude in makeup yeah but nobody none of the other characters seem to pick up on this he's constantly around uh, we'll give you a little plot synopsis here in a second but just to support your point um th- that could have been better hidden, but but I think he wanted you to know something was up. Mm-hmm. But you still, maybe, but not quite. No, you weren't. Your guess may the, not have been correct. The story is. I mean, ultimately, the story is what Hugh Jackman like. It's almost like Ahab and the whale. What Hugh Jackman goes to, and they even talk about mm. obsession and the dangers of yeah. obsession. David Bowie has a great monologue yeah. where he talks about the dangers of obsession, and the the lengths, the great lengths and changes that the Hugh Jackman character is willing to go through to achieve. Yeah, the whole movie is like, it's like spy versus spy with magicians it, in, a, in a bit it, of a way. It, it is, and and for the most part, very satisfying in its presentation until the very end. Oh, you don't like the ending? I don't like, because then it suddenly turns into a, a boom, a boom, a boom, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And, yeah. and I kind of felt like, like... Bill and Ted, well, we're right. going to go back and put a gun inside the trash can. And yeah. It, only one winner can it, win. It, yeah. felt, it felt a little a little too, like, 
maybe and it's maybe it's just it's more of a personal preference. That's not there's not even a maybe. I know for me it's just a personal preference. Mm-hmm. I would have liked it better if things were left a little more open ended. Yes, you know, I, be, that, and, and I'll explain my theory and why I please. I yeah. wish. Well, okay, so let's back up then. For Absolutely. If you haven't seen this movie, you should. Uh, hopefully, you've already seen it by now because we're already spoiling the fuck out of it. But um, <laughs> it's from two, it's ten years old. That's so. true, and it still holds up. And us talking about it, like just like Jeff with uh, the Force Awakens, even though we spoiled the hell out of that for him, he still went and saw it a week later and enjoyed it. So uh, consider this one of these. But it's basically it's uh, whatever. Who's counting? <clears throat> he is. Cut your mic off. <laughs> it's, it was. <laughs> two, it's two magicians. <laughs> this is like late 1800s uh, London, right? London yeah. Town. Uh, you sound like you're from London. <laughs> you two got two. Uh, I don't want to say warring magicians because they don't start off that Rivals. way. They were just there was it was a fun rivalry. It yeah. started mm-hmm. as a fun because rivalry. they they began as like uh, accomplices. Someone they're as both plants. working working yeah. underneath. Yeah, for for uh, Ricky J. Who? Magician Ricky J. Is that who that was? Yeah, that was is that Ricky the guy J. who did the sex tape with Kim Kardashian. No, no. <laughs> Ricky J. is the guy. He's in a whole bunch of like uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson films. Uh, like he narrated uh, Magnolia. Oh, that's right. It is that guy. He, he I used love to do like knife throwing tricks. Yes. That's what Ricky J. is originally famous. for. Are you kidding? Yeah, oh, no, I have no idea. No, I love that guy. Yeah, you know he's amazing. I almost forgot about. But that. he was the he was the magician they worked for. That's right. Who also basically worked for Michael Michael Kine. Michael Kine. And so they're both trying to. They I want promise your parents <laughs> I would take care of you. She was only sixteen. Um, there she were... was only sixteen. <laughs> should I, I should have gone down that rabbit 16. hole? Don't do it. Sam Cook, man, I gotta get in there. Um, but uh, they 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 start going off on their own, uh, and then yes, like you said, just becomes this rivalry and one-upsmanship, and then it becomes personal when uh, th- there's a, a tragic accident. Hugh Jackman is already uh, married to uh, Piper Parabo. Piper Parabo, who I'm a huge fan of, by the Are way. Are you? Oh, I fucking loved. Ever since uh, Coyote Ugly, <laughs> I was like, man, who is that? She looks very familiar, and Sarah's like, that's Piper Parabo, Piper right? Piper Parabo, man. It's like, holy shit, is it? She's gorgeous, but she's like a great actress. I love her. Uh, she she has. A little bit parts. You don't think she's a great actress? No. I mean, maybe she doesn't give her. Uh, uh, she, she, she had a show. <laughs> I like when I, I love when we're having a discussion <laughs> about movies, and you suddenly turn into the Tasmanian Devil this when is you're the talking. Best movie Joel's, ever. Joel starts going. <laughs> <laughs> I do grunt a lot. <laughs> I have to do a supercut one day of uh, all of the all of the your grunts, and I every make. time I say you know or like, mm. yeah. Oh, well, that's that's all of us. Take a drink. <laughs> but uh, she she's his, his wife, Hugh Jackman. Uh, she is the, the assistant to, uh, what was that guy's name? Ricky J. Ray J. That's right. Ray J. And uh, <laughs> th- they have this thing. She's the lady who gets dunked in the water, and she knows how to undo the knots uh, yeah. to, to free herself, and yeah. that's part of the illusion. Like, like I, Isla Fisher in Now You See Me. That's right, which they're making a sequel to. Who wanted that? Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that movie, it's certainly got style. It's, it's got it's style. It's got grace. Rita Hayworth <laughs> gave good face. <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I didn't mind it too much. I was. I, I was thought along it was okay. I saw ride. it twice. I was like, "This is fun." You want to talk but about the story's told, and you want to talk about a movie with like a needless uh, twist at the end. Um, although, kind of, f- I've never, I've never seen that kind of twist in a movie. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't spoil that one too. Yeah, don't since spoil we're spoiling, that. One. We're already spoiling one movie. In we're this, spoiling in this all the magic. Oh, oh, that's right. Don't break the spell. David Copperfield doesn't have magic powers. Coppa what? <laughs> oh, my God. I remember seeing David Copperfield one time with a girl. Mind freak. Will not be mentioned. Uh, uh, her name was Claudia Schiffer. No, I they, saw him with a girl, too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, th- he did a big act at the end where, like, he made a car appear. Um, <laughs> a new car. And uh, and on the way out, I was talking to this girl, and uh, she was like, I-, I-, I think he really did that. 
I think he may have actually done. Like, we're because we're talking about how the tricks work, and she's like, I think, I think, I think he's got some powers. That he actually did that. <laughs> I think he's got some powers. I'm like, thank you. Good night. <laughs> we're gonna be going Dutch on this meal. We'll never talk to you again. Uh, but uh, where was I going? I don't know. Oh, back That's to the prestige. The best story. So uh, Hugh Jackman and Piper Perabu are married. She's the chick in the box. She's what the chick in the box. She's the chick in the box. And uh, uh, I can't think of Batman's name. Bruce Chris, Wayne. Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. I should have known. He um, <laughs> he's in charge of tying the knot around her her hands. As the magician is saying, you know, make sure the the strands are. Neither one of you tight. are sailors, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one day, you know, they're talking backstage, and oh, I can do the do the, the the better knot. She can do it. She can get out of it. Well, cut to the next night. He he does do that that special knot. Did he? on her? I don't know. He's he, he's racked his brain about it. He can't remember. And there's a reason for there's that. There's a reason for that. Right, why didn't he, but why doesn't he just ask the other one? Why are we at some right? point, why doesn't he just go, hey, what knot what did, not you, did tie? you tie? Well, so I could tell, because this motherfucker's shot me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I but, had to go to the funeral. Can you just tell me what knot you tied? But I love that moment because we as the audience at that point in the film don't know the secret. And so it has to be both believable in the moment and then believable in retrospect when yeah. we find out the real reason mm-hmm. why he can't remember or doesn't want to remember. Is yeah. that what it is? He doesn't want to tell his friend. Are they friends? I don't remember any. They seem to be. But anyway, uh, sadly, she dies on stage. Michael Caine's hacking away on the glass. <laughs> I love as it. As she's gasping why, for air. Why the fuck didn't one of the younger, like, stronger right. men take the axe right. from, the, the, from the octogenarian and go, like, here, yeah. let me fucking try to get this thing? One of them is standing feet away. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, Michael Caine has to be rolled out on stage. <laughs> Could take some five minutes to get out there. She's dead already. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so th- that I told begins. your parents I would take care of you. <laughs> Thus begins the feud between the two because Hugh Jackman is convinced that uh, her death uh, is the r- direct result of uh, Christian Bale tying the wrong knot. Yeah, uh, and killing his wife. Yeah. And that's that's what sets things in motion. What, yes, it does. It does because uh, Hugh Jackman punishes the Christian Bale character later. Christian Bale tries to start his own act with like the catching the bullet and Oof. stuff. Um, and we have that. <laughs> We have this really weird bit, like, and and the thing is, it's very cute at the same time. But maybe, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on if I thought that it was like set up well, mm. where he's working like the low budget magic sh- magic show or whatever, right. and the Sarah character's there with her son, and he's like, "Oh no, hey, and, and the bird's okay. Don't worry, the bird." It's just, but where's the other one? He's like, "You're a sharp lad." Yeah. Uh, and so then, like, he walks her home. And she's like, nope, this lock will keep you out. And he's like, really, will it? And then, like, she goes in, closes the door, and he's there. And it's like, hey, yeah. oh. And so, like, you get the idea, oh, they are a thing. Like, they're together. That's a, that's a deal. But, like, then why? Why waste all this time? I felt like it was too much misdirection at that point. Mm. Where, like, they were doing the meet-cute. Like, you don't get the benefit of the meet-cute if these characters are already together. And I get, like... It's two different people, right? And that's kind of showing that he's so good. They they're so good at it that they even have this woman yeah. fooled to an extent. A couple of women in this film, which to me is okay. So we just got to come out with it then. Spoiler yeah. alert! Yeah, Christian Bale is actually there, he's there's twins. Two people, yeah, there's, there's two twins. Uh, and uh, he and one one twin is actually married to Sarah, the aforementioned Sarah, played uh-huh. by Rebecca Hall, and they have a daughter. Yeah. Uh, the other. Oh, there's a son, isn't there? Who is the the son? Was that? Oh, her nephew. That's right. She says. Was oh, the nephew? It's like your son. She's like nephew. Yeah. That's okay. All right. Uh, and then uh, the other uh, twin, the Christian Bale twin, uh, d- does not yet have a a love uh, life, but he falls in love later with Scarjo, mm-hmm. playing uh, what is her name, Olivia, Olivia, or whatever, something like yes. that. Uh, 
Uh, and so there's the, the black widow, the back and forth between you know. So one is having one relationship, one is having the other relationship, one is siring children, but you find out later that they're they're switching. They switch roles. on and off, yeah. And I get the theme he's going for. Nolan is where he's like, you know, the, he he. It wasn't just a trick; like he lived That's his the life. trick. Yeah, and um, th- and he points it out when they go. go they say go see Yang Chun Li or whatever the the magician. Go see him, and like him acting decrepit is the trick. That's the act because uh, he's not really old and decrepit. And yeah, he's, he's hiding. And that's the fishbowl between. And his that's legs. why Christian Bale's able to figure it out because that's what he's doing too. Mm-hmm. His life off the stage is all the act. It's the lie. So are we to believe that like both brothers are fucking Sarah? Yeah. And the same thing with Olivia when he starts dating ScarJo. Yes, because uh, that's pretty. That's a pretty sweet deal. I well. <laughs> I mean to be uh, wow. to be an asshole about it, but no. But I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> picture you're you know you're married to Rebecca Hall. You got a family here going on. Uh-huh. You got a little daughter, and you're also and then your twin brother starts dating fucking Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, you're like, hey, listen, uh, it's time to switch. Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd be whipping out the calendar right now. But like, I get her on Tuesdays and Thursdays well, and why, Saturdays. And why do you think they had that one scene where like the other brothers the, the brother starts arguing with Rebecca Hall? They have that big fight. Yeah, and he's like, you think I want this? Yeah. and like it comes very close. And that is a touching little scene where like in makeup Christian Bale comes over to the daughter that's like you know, know. hearing them is argue. hearing them argue and he walks over and just grabs her and picks her up and walks away he's the actual father yeah mm-hmm. that's I mean it's it's weird here uh oh uh oh <laughs> just got a magic mushroom <laughs> so uh so here's where and and I know we're gonna try to summarize a little bit more of this movie because we do still have to get into Hugh Jackman's journey uh to meeting Nikola Tesla mm. and getting the machine but like this right here kind of encompasses one of one of my very few problems with this movie okay is this movie kind of skirts that line of every character in this film is the most horrible person <laughs> yes like they're really it, it's so hard to sympathize for anybody in this Sarah, movie probably. except for Piper Parabone <laughs> and Piper Parabone who drowns a <laughs> yes. the the wives i feel bad for the wives yep. uh because everybody else is kind of horrible oh yeah uh, and self-centered and and and, and i I'm not sure like okay I get I get Hugh Jackman's you know obsession and need for vengeance and obviously you know his karma is fucking sullied it's dirty his his aura is dirty and he needs to be cleansed and so I don't mind what happens to him at the end even right. though I kind of wish that it was a little more ambiguous um oh interesting and and I don't quite mind like what happens to the to Christian Bale 1 mm-hmm. because you get that you get the 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 point that he is the one that tied the knot or whatever. And right. So these two are punished. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other one, <laughs> and I kind of feel like, well, no, you were part of this too. You're party to this, all of this deception as well. Exactly. You shouldn't get out of this. And I know like, oh, but he's the one that actually lost his wife. Mm-hmm. And but it's your fault. It's your own fault for doing what you did. Like, it, do, you, do you get where I'm coming from on this? No, absolutely. Yeah, I mean... You could say that, you know, what's the greater punishment, like losing your life or having to live knowing what has transpired and now you, you're just racked with guilt yeah. for the rest of your days. And then raising your, uh, is it your brother's daughter? Is that Or is or, it his? I got the impression that that wasn't his, like the yeah, actual the actual father. It was his, his because he seemed, <laughs> he was he's like, take care of her at yeah. the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. And then there's the, the, the bit with, <laughs> at the very end where, where, uh, Alfred and Bruce, <laughs> like <laughs> where they just have that moment where it's like, "That's right, Master Bruce, I, I rescued your daughter for you." 
<laughs> Here it's you exactly go. like that. Uh, we're Batman and Alfred are reunited. <laughs> uh, and I don't know, man. I, I, I really dug the entire film. I really dug it. Uh, but I just have, I have problems with the last, like, maybe 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. Okay. Well, let's get into it then because this uh, the first time I saw this movie, I said earlier, um, I, I, had a, I had an incorrect theory about it. What was your incorrect theory? Well, uh, to talk about that, we have to talk about the David Bowie character, Nikola Tesla. Yes. Uh, who, you know, actual person in history, if you know My anything about him. Chunker. He's the guy who invented the electric car. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's why they named it after. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he... he, uh, he if you if you uh, believe what is written, actually is the inventor of electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edison, Edison kind of an stole asshole. It from him. Stole it from him. Um, oh, and man, Christopher Nolan comes down on the side of Tesla in this yes, film too. Yes, he does. He makes Edison like anytime Edison's name is mentioned, <laughs> it's, it's 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 there's it's these like, two thugs who are like his his uh, handyman who who set uh, Tesla's. Uh, uh, mansion on fire, on fire at the end. Yeah. Uh, even the concierge at the hotel that uh, Hugh Jackman's staying in. Was mm-hmm. like, oh, we were fine until Edison came to town and all that shit. Yeah. The the end. Oh no 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 no! no. <laughs> Great story. So uh, yeah, Nikola Tesla. Uh, when Hugh Jackman is under the impression that Christian Bale has had Tesla build this machine for him. That's that's the secret behind his trick. Uh-huh. And it turns out later, well, that was planted in this fake diary that Hugh Jackman read, and that's why he, he goes down this rabbit hole. It's the third time I've said rabbit hole in this episode. Well, it's Go very, for a hole. It's apropos. It is. Uh, because this movie has a, a lot of like similarities to something like Through the Looking Glass. Mm, yes, so. very much so. Uh, and so he... Uh, convinces Tesla to, to to build this machine, and what it actually is, he I think they go into it thinking they're going to actually build a transporter machine, machine because the the trick that that Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale go back and forth on is the, the, the transporting, transporting man. man, and it's the thing where you walk through one door, he comes out the other door, um, and uh, so he wanted a Stargate. <laughs> that's what Hugh Jackman that's wanted. Exactly he wanted a is. Stargate instead. He got like the the. The, the precursor to 3D printing. <laughs> like yes, live, that's right. Live 3D printing. Real-time cloning yeah. is basically what, what Nikola Tesla ends up inventing mm-hmm. um, inadvertently. But you know what? The uh, the end result is still the same. And that's why in the a way, movie opens up to a shit ton of top hats out in the field. Out in the middle of the forest. Yep. Uh, and we turn out later that, uh, yeah, that was that was uh, Hugh Jackman's hat that had been uh, replicated uh, like so a many dozen times, times as yeah. they were testing along with the cat. Oh, that poor cat. <laughs> Well, the cat turned out okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, although, what what happens if it would like f- have sex with itself? I guess if they're all male, you can't do well, that. Yeah, dude. Sex, <laughs> yeah, no. Life life Tr- finds, life finds a, way. a way. Exactly. <laughs> One turns. Uh, yeah. uh, so, so now we're introduced to cloning, and it's not really so much science fiction as it is. Well, uh, I, so when you say science fiction, people think starships. And well, stuff. I'm thought, I think in the in the context of this movie, it's definitely science fiction. Is, you can't get bathed in electric lights and then suddenly <laughs> you're cloned. Um, or can you? I don't know. Because uh, according to uh, to history, Tesla was up to some some serious shit. Like he was he was the first one to well, talk they did about the five man acoustical jam. The <laughs> <sons>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was he had the idea about like being able to pull electricity from the air, um, mm-hmm. and and there's there's some science behind that apparently. Um, but, <laughs> Go uh, figure, right? Yeah, well, that's how we have like wireless charging now. Man, he's on to something so crazy ahead of his time. So it's not too far beyond the possibility that oh, he figured out how to how to clone with electricity. What Joe? What? <laughs> Uh, sorry, I just you're like yeah. So he created pulling Wi-Fi signals out of the air. I'm like, no, that was Flynn from Tron. <laughs> <laughs> different, different movie. Also, also science fact. So, um, 
So we're introduced to, all right, in this world, we, we have a cloning machine. So if you're watching this for the first time, you don't really find out until the, the very end that Christian Bale, he, he reveals that he had a, a brother, a twin. Yeah. But my theory going into it was because... Did Christian Bale actually go see Tesla and get a copy of himself well, made? Of course, that's what he, he <laughs> wants him to believe. Yeah. And so my, my initial theory was like, oh, he's, he's this is the classic tale of knowing when to say when. Like, he, yeah. he respected the art or the science behind it. He did one clone just enough to, to be the greatest magician. Yeah. Uh, but but wasn't going willing to go that extra step to kill himself on stage every night, literally, for 100 days in a row, the way that, uh, um, that the Hugh Jackman, Jackman character does. Yeah. And so it's kind of a it's it's a, a, a moral play between uh-huh. the two. Um, turns out that's not the case. But I wish I wish that would have been left a little more ambiguous. A little more, it yeah. seems it seems too easy for him to bend. Oh, how do you do your trick the whole time? Oh, I have a twin brother. Yeah. Oh well. And, but you know what? Unlike or like all magic tricks, once you actually find out how they're done, it doesn't seem as impressive. You anymore. remember that dude who came out about twenty years ago, David Blaine? No, no. The uh, <laughs> it was the 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 magician X or whatever, whatever his name was. He was the masked magician, and he was doing these TV shows on Fox oh, where he would reveal all of like. Now it was yeah. I don't remember this. No. Yeah, it, he had these specials, and he was basically like revealing all of David Copperfield's old tricks from like five years ago. Wow. So. Uh, he was um, touting it as you know the tricks, the, the answers they don't want you to see, but it was a lot of old tricks that were <laughs> like, that is were this kind your of old, card? That weren't being done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't really being done anymore. Except we never knew how David Copperfield was doing mm-hmm. it. So basically, this guy bought the tricks from David Copperfield. So. Like he bought the trick from him, and then I mean, decided to reveal. There it. was always there was a rumor that it was actually David Copperfield himself revealing, revealing his, his own tricks. tricks because he's not using them anymore. Why yeah. not? Which would have been brilliant. I, I think that's. It's, it's so Banksy, like that's right? <laughs> such a Banksy thing. Yeah. But when you find out how all these tricks were done, they were the simplest. It was like it, sometimes it was like, oh, we just have twins. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're casting twins, and it's actually a different girl. Uh-huh. Or oh, there's just a mirror there. Mm-hmm. The the most disappointing one was. Do you remember back in the '80s, David Copperfield had that special where he he made the Statue of Liberty nope, disappear. No, nope. not a fan of David Copperfield, huh? No, I just did. I love that didn't, stuff. I, man. I had I had too many other good things to do. Oh no, David Copperfield was great because he was the epitome <laughs> of the showman. Like he wasn't sure, just sure. going out on the streets. Hey, I was too busy watching real magicians <laughs> like Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> oh yeah, did they do magic or did they just like play with lions? I think and their, each other. their magic was not being mauled for 30 years, <laughs> and that got but then it, to an abrupt end, <laughs> yes, it did. unfortunately. By by Ting Tong the Lion, or whatever That's the right. hell her name was. Oh, 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 wait. They should have had that, that dentist hanging out <laughs> in, in, in the wings of the stage. What? That dentist that killed the lion in Africa. Oh, God, you yeah. with a shotgun yeah. waiting. <laughs> just hire him. Funny, it's my moment. <laughs> Why is he Australian? He's an I, American doctor. I just assume all people are. <laughs> like Crikey. Um... Where was it going? Never with this? trust an Australian dentist. Oh yeah, so the mass magician, and it was always disappointing when you found out. So I get that, but how cool would it have been if they would have left it up to the audience to to wonder, like, was yeah. it a brother? Was it? And a, that's what I'm saying. Like a clone. I would have much rather they left that yeah. up up in the air. You yeah. know, like, oh, well, what, what, what? And and that's there's there is a time when we need as an audience we need the answers because it's you know it's pertinent to the plot, it's pertinent to the story, the payoff of the story. But just like a magic trick, you know, that you don't know the secret behind, mm. like that's that would have been perfect for this show, for this movie, like that we don't know the answer yeah, because that's like the trick. You How know? about the end of Inception exactly. where he's got a little totem that's constantly spinning? Does it fall? And I feel like that's where Nolan learned from a mistake with this movie Ooh. where he's like, you know what, you know, with with the prestige, I shouldn't have given away 
that, that I shouldn't have tipped my hat to yeah. like, you know, oh, this is what it is. And with Inception, we don't. Mm. We don't quite know. And like, it's so funny when you talk to people and they're like, no, 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 it started right before it it, it went to black. It started to fall. Right. Did it? Yeah. No, of course Did not. It? No. Any, if, if there were a frame of that, the editor would have edited it out because right. it was intentionally left ambiguous. Uh-huh. Oh, man. One of these days, we'll talk about that film. Yeah, I can't wait. A myriad of theories. I love that movie so much. I do too. So, But I would have liked for, for that not to have been answered. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked to have not seen, like, for the movie to end with like maybe the the Christian Bale in disguise character mm-hmm. walking past Alfred and Michael Caine as Michael Caine's leaving and he's like you know this is this is blah 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 bunk I I can't believe this shit walks away and maybe they have like a little bit of a knowing glance with each other mm. and just before he goes in we just see we don't even see Christian Bale's face we just see like the makeup pieces like the hair and stuff yeah. fall on the ground outside the door before he walks in that would have been a total mind fuck yeah right because then you'd have been like well what the fuck you yeah, know it's- but I, although I like how he did it where we, we have quick little flashbacks of, of all the little clues that were there all along mm-hmm. I mean the biggest one being you know he gets his fingers blown, blown off oh my Jackman. god so it's like how do you and they were twins that, that part fucking killed like every yeah. time I see that like oh Jesus yeah, they cut to a shot of Christian Bale Prime <laughs> over Christian Bale Alpha. That's when I mean, honestly, Joel. Like that's where I'm like, guys, dude, trick's done. Like this, <laughs> we're done. We're done. I'm not doing that. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. Done. The jig is up. Yeah. How about let's, uh, you, let's become mechanics? You take or something. your wife and daughter. I take ScarJo, and we all each go our separate ways. Right. And that's the other thing too. Wait, he didn't have ScarJo. By right. making them. Oh, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was earlier on. You're right. But by making them brothers. Now I'm forced to believe that okay, they're these twins. Joe, can you imagine like having a twin brother that n- fucking nobody knows, and then convincing him, hey, hey, you like magic, right? Well, I kind of like magic. I mean, it, <laughs> no, no, but we we love magic, and so we're gonna be we're gonna team up. We're gonna be this persona um, that and, takes so it's so much brilliant foresight yeah. on the part of these characters that right. like this is going to work. We're going to do this thing. Yeah. I've got this trick. I've got like. You have, I mean, you have to have been working on this thing since you're like fucking when six kids, years old, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and so that's that's a part of the that's a part of the movie where I'm like, mm. yeah. And at what point in your lives do you stop telling people you have a twin brother? It's the same people that think like legitimately that fucking Barack Obama was a spy oh, to like, <laughs> yeah, the Manchurian candidate. That, yeah, that he was he was like because that takes way too much fucking work to think that. He got embedded into yeah. I think Sarah and I were talking about this. She brought this up. She heard it on another podcast, and uh, and that yeah, like well, most <laughs> there's, there's no way they didn't like th- some organization didn't raise Barack Obama yeah. to be like a, some inside man. Most conspiracy theories, when you really, if you really want to know what the truth is, when you stop and think about them, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not to to quote David Duchovny, the truth is out there. It's hogwash. That's <laughs> no wrong <laughs> wrong episode. <laughs> that um, was my favorite episode of X Men. Which one is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, was it? I'm oh, X Men. I, I just realized what you said. I See, me. in my head, I heard X Files because <laughs> I had already primed myself to be there. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a cop out to have it be brothers yeah. um, because there's so many other things we're left to believe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And so the, the moment where you decide to get, hey, I've fallen in love with this woman. I want to have married. I want to have a life. Isn't that the part where you're like, like, well, then maybe it's time to go our separate ways. It's time to go our separate ways. Let's let's play that journey song. Because what's the end game? Like, you become the best magician ever worldwide, and and where do you get your money from? What if your brother fucking accidentally dies? Like, gets fucking dysentery or some shit? Like, this is the 1800s. Yeah. What if he gets fucking, you know, the the Black Plague? I mean, the fingers was one thing, but, uh, you know, what if... uh, if he gets horribly burned, then you've got to fucking burn yourself. Or he loses his genitals. And that's why I'm saying, like, 
the lengths that the Christian Bale character goes to is no less severe than what Hugh Jackman does. That's right. Yeah, there's no there are two sides of the same coin. Exactly. Instead of and, one being morally. And so I didn't I didn't like the fact that one gets over on the other one. Yeah. You know, I kind of. I, I I wish it would have ended differently. I, I'm going to say that probably two or three more times before we finish this well, recording. Well, I think the coolest part of the ending, though, um, is the, and I did not, I wasn't expecting it. So we, so we know that Hugh Jackman can clone himself, right? But you really don't realize. And the here extent. comes the discussion that I really want to. Oh yeah, with you let's do it. This is something that I'm, I'm. The first time I saw it, I, I was I thought one thing, mm-hmm. and then. On seeing it a couple more times, I'm like, oh, well, but wait a minute. Interesting. <laughs> Is it? Well, I'd so, love to hear your theory about okay, that. Okay, so Hugh Jackman has this cloning machine, and we see, like, the first time he uses it, you know, he freaks out. There's a, He's got a gun just in case. Yep. He grabs it and fucking kills the other person. With the other, I mean, the other Hugh Jackman is that Hugh Jack. Like, it's a copy of him. Yes. So is this Hugh Jackman, like, has all the same memories and thoughts yes. and... Like, that's what's going on then. So the original point, Hugh Jackman that was the original Angiers in this movie is dead before the third well, act even begins, right? But who's the original and who's not? No, But, be- that's, but that's what I'm asking you. I'm, a, I'm, I'm saying, like, so when he does the trick the first time, the very first right. time he does the trick... It's him. It's it's true blue Hugh Jack. True blue Hugh. <laughs> he goes into the machine. Yep. Fucking goes bam. Lets it lock. Kills himself. But then this other one is like the new Hugh Jackman. Wait, the very first time when he does the it very, in private when he shoots no, no, himself. No, 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 no. The first stage. time he does it on stage yes. when he commits and he's going to do this movie. Right. He's basically killing himself over and over again a hundred times. Yes. Like, like. It's not, and see, this This is what I'm asked, like, that he's not, like, beforehand copying himself mm-hmm. and then having that one do the trick and die so that way he can be the one that comes out and gets, like, the credit for right. it. He's straight up dying, and then he's, another person an, another yep. person with the same memories and everything is now taking it up, he, taking up the mantle from that. He has that line where he says, you know, I, every time I stepped into that machine, I didn't know whether I was going to be the one dropping into the water or the one... You know, on the on the balcony for yeah. the prestige. Wow. So yeah, I know. Can you imagine That's doing so that? Fucked up, man. You're committing suicide basically uh-huh. over and over again. It's not. Uh, it's murder suicide, I guess, yeah. when you look at it that way. Yes. <laughs> wow. I mean, and the thing is, you're killing yourself. But then that brings up, like, we can go into like yes. the, the the even deeper discussion of like, you know, what, what's a life? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> at what point is it is are you is it a life? But and, you know what. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's the, that's my point. I love how they how they set it up, and uh, because now that we're talking about that's the that's he he know has that knowledge doing it. What would make a man do that? It's a little more believable because they set it up earlier when they find, you know, uh, Hugh Jackman wants to copy what what uh, Christian Bale is doing the the, the transported man. Uh-huh. How do we do it? You know, he and Michael Caine are saying he's got to Michael Caine. It's got to be a double, and he finds a double. So like, all right, well, let's go. Let's let's find. So he finds also uh, kind of unbelievable. Joe, do you think there's somebody at the bar that down looks the street just like Hugh Jackman? Yeah, who just uh, has maybe bigger teeth and a different handlebar mustache and so we can the shave. nose too. What I yeah, like, right? what I what I did like about that though, yeah. was that the makeup on him was really well done. Like. The the subtle differences between Hugh Jackman and the way they made him up yeah. to look like the the drunk at the bar, I liked the subtle differences. I like that. I mean, this movie's not supposed to be too terribly believable anyway. Like, right? 
Uh, well, it's believable, but it, uh, you know what I'm saying. It's grounded in reality. We're, it's grounded in reality. We're supposed story. to. We are having to accept the fact that Christian Bale has an ex, you know a, an identical twin brother, mm-hmm. and that there's you know Nikolai Tesla has this machine that carbon copies a <laughs> yeah. person or whatever you put into it. So finding someone who kind of who resembles very strongly Hugh Jackman isn't too far out of the realm of reality for me when you talk about the context. Of this I movie. know, but it's like it's like. It, it's like what I talked about with uh, Bad Santa and how that was so quirky, but I feel like they had one too many quirky characters in there. If you uh-huh. have, if you dial it back, then it's like, okay, I could believe that these circumstances come together. But for everybody to have some sort of quirkiness to it, you start to lose me, and, yeah. and that's where it started to lose me too. But I feel like that's an important plot point, him having to go through that process of, okay, let's find a double who looks like me. Let's train him for a month. Let's get him to do the second act, and then let's see how that plays out. Well, what happens is the guy's a drunk. He wants the limelight now. Yeah, yeah. He's missing his cues, uh, and then he basically gets he gets a little sloppy. Christian Bale finds him, uh-huh. and uh, and that's how he, he uh, pulls the old switcheroo there. Yeah. On, on Hugh. So Hugh Jackman had to have gone through that option before realizing, oh, and then there's that great shot when – because he's complaining, I'm the one who falls through the trap door. The drunk guy, the where body he's double. taking the bow yes. while everybody's cheering. He's underneath, he's down below. And I love that Christian Bale actually references that. He's like, "How does he like taking his bows from underneath the stage?" Yep. And I'm like, "Wow." And, and it was his ego that wouldn't allow him to like. So what's the next best best thing? Well, clone yourself because then it always is me standing there in but front that's of the audience. So fuck. Like, to me, that's so weird because because but you're dead. You've died. You're, I mean, you're dead. This is somebody else. This yeah. is another person who's continuing on with your memories, but you're you're fucking dead now. And and that's what I, I think people who have big egos don't see themselves as, as ever dying. Yeah. I put kind of Donald Trump in this category. But, Donald Trump could do this. But I would, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think someone with that much ego isn't going to kill themselves. Well, but they're more how concerned. How does he know? Like, how does he know that this next person that's coming out is going to have all the same memories and all this stuff? Like, it, it reminds reminds me of this YouTube short called House of Cosby's. Oh, this, yes. <laughs> where this guy, <laughs> like, clones and there's a bunch of Cosby's. How does he know, like, he's not going to get, like, bath time Hugh Jackman who comes out of the cloning <laughs> machine and is like, hello, I'm Hugh Jackman, or and just, I like to take baths. I'm pro- bath time Hugh Jackman. <laughs> or, or get progressively dumber and dumber with each yes. copy, like Michael Keaton and Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, they uh, th- there's a throwaway line that David Bowie has when he's <laughs> when he's they first figured out that this machine actually clones. Yeah. And he's like, "Don't forget your hat." And he says, "Which one?" And he's like, "Well, they're all your hat." Mm-hmm. So, uh, meaning that they're all Hugh Jackman. They're all that person, that character. Yeah. So if you could, if your legacy would live on, I I, I get the sense that he doesn't see himself as, "Oh, this is a copy of me. This is a copy of me. All of these are me. I I have." Uh, Immortality, in a way. No, no, because yeah. I'm with you. Because we're I normal could, people. I couldn't do it. Like I'm sitting there going, "Okay, I'm about to drown, just so that way this trick could be fucking awesome." Yeah, or he so, could be the one on the balcony. It all depends on which consciousness, which which clone you end up being. Wait, no. What do you mean? I don't <laughs> see. And this is where this is. I think that line is that he has the memory. That next person mm-hmm. that gets that that's brought in suddenly has the memory of like drowning. And being created no, but no, at the same No, because the time. clone happens at the same time. The, the, there's that one shot where they show the first time he's doing the trick and Christian Bale is in the audience watching. And the big flash comes. The clone has happened. And then you see the trap door just as it's closing. Uh-huh. So the, 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 the Hugh Jackmans have already split before he even hits the water. 
And so he doesn't know if he's going to be the one in the water or the one who, like, which consciousness he is. Wait. I know it's but, a mind fuck. But I feel like he's always going to be the one that falls into the water. One of them is. I mean, no, well, yeah, because but yourself- the trap door right there. That's the trap door. Yeah. Bam. Like, he's in that machine. He's yes. the person being copied. He falls, bam, into the water. He's dead. But the copy is always going to be the one that that lives. Yeah, but the but as far as the copy knows, the the copy still thinks it's him, and he's just been transported. So do it's you like, s- do you see what I'm? I see what from? you're saying. You're 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 looking at it as, as a clone, and I'm looking at it as more of a. As I'm a, looking as a split. at it as two individual people, whether they're clones with the same memories or not. Th- like, okay. You walk into this machine, Joel. Right. All right. Yeah, and, here we go. And it's going to it's going to duplicate you. And so there'll be Joel number two right. that has all your memories right now. So the lights come on and you go through the the, the Hewlett Packard machine. <laughs> and and so once it gets the scan of all of your vitals or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's done, it turns and <laughs> you then need a big scanner to trap, trap Oh god. Trap door <laughs> opens. You go down into the water at this point. Maybe. And dr- no, there's no maybe. There is. You are going to go down into the water because you're the one that just got copied. You go down into the water, new one shows up up here. Okay, but now put yourself in the shoes of the of the copy. The last thing I know, I was walking into this machine on stage. Now I'm I'm miraculously transported up into the balcony. Like those are my memories. Okay. I, I didn't have to get killed. Okay. But, so it, you but basically you'll have a die, but you still die. But I didn't. My clone died. No, I have a 50/50 you st- chance. No, there is no 50-50 chance. You are dead. You the person that is you, the original whole you right. is dead now. Yes. One of them is always going to die, but I'm saying <laughs> And this other one that has copies of your memories mm-hmm. is going to live on. That's but, not you. But the clone That is a copy of you with the cop with your memories but I'm, yes. in, ingrained into it. Right. But as far as the copy knows, the last <laughs> thing he did was walk into this machine. And now he's been transported. He's not the one who. You know what I'm saying? You right. Know what I'm saying? I know. I see what you're saying. It's a mind fuck. Yes. It, it's a mind fuck. But there's to me, there's no question. The 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 original person, whoever it is that walks in there, is the one that dies. Yes. I get the line where it's like, I never know if I'm the one that's going to drown or the one that's going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I kind of get where he's going with that. But like, you're always the one going into the machine is always going to be the one that drowns. Yes. Okay, <laughs> but but there's always one who gets copied. And no, I, no, I, 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 I know. Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're having a circular uh, conversation. Now. I feel like this conversation is now going into the machine <laughs> and both drowning and living at the same time. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> so put your little hand in mine. So I'm not willing to do something like that. No, I wouldn't either because I don't care about my legacy. I want to live mm-hmm. and not drown, which, yeah. yes, I am also told is one of the, the worst ways to go. Like, why couldn't he just... And I, I get, like, he that then he has to... He risks somebody giving up the secret to his act. Yeah, that's why he has a blind stageman. Yeah. Like, all the guys, but which... Would that work in practicality? I'm going to hire a bunch of guys. They're the ones going to be pulling the ropes and setting up the scenery. But no. here's the thing. They're all blind. So nope. I can protect my... Makes no sense. No, of course not. That makes no sense at all. Yeah. I have a feeling somebody would be stabbed inadvertently backstage. It was a cool a visual. Minutes. It was a cool visual, though. Like right. I'm seeing like a blind guy back there and like the, the lights hitting him and stuff. Well, blind people are creepy. It's a fact. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. No, but that's used over and over again this in movies. This tribute to Helen Keller... <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by the editing bay. No, but it's not the first time that in film you're seeing somebody with like the glazed over eyes, and they're yeah. always like they're the oracle, the wise one. Yeah, and, uh, and they look a little, little scary. Give us the eye. And there's always a flash of lightning so that you can see the the deadness of their eyes yeah. for a split second. So what else about this movie? What else about it? Um, how come? Okay, so I'm a little confused about Michael Caine's Michael Caine. Michael Caine's My character. Name is Michael Caine. <laughs> um, 
He's Alfred. He, yes, Alfred. Let's the, refer to him as such. <laughs> but even though Christian Bale's character was Alfred in this movie too, but what? Yeah. Oh, his, that's right. His, his name, was Alfred, name was Alfred. Alfred Borden. That's right. Freddy. Freddy. Don't don't call him Freddy. I, uh, I promise your parents I'll take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> he okay. So I'm confused as to whether oh, you're confused. he knew. I know, right? He knew the trick. All so he goes into business with Hugh Jackman. Uh-huh. They're pretty much in business the entire movie. But after Hugh Jackman gets the mach- the cloning machine from Tesla, mm-hmm. and they're gonna go on, the, we're gonna do a limited engagement. He doesn't we know. Find a venue. D- no, well, but he knows he knows something is up because later, yeah, because Hugh flashback, Jackman won't let him come backstage. No, well, no, but there's the scene at the very beginning of the movie where Hugh, uh, where Michael Caine pulls the judge aside mm-hmm. and says, "I have to explain it to you in private, and then you can decide, you know, whether yeah. it was it was real or not." And so the judge is like, all right, how does he do the trick? Well, he's like, well, it's, it, it was real. It was always real. It was real. Um, so he, but <laughs> I think, I think we're supposed to believe that he thinks he was actually being transported yeah. and not cloned. Yes. So that's when he, what he found thought. out he was being cloned and killing himself every night, that was, that was a revelation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I was confused there for a while. He acts surprised at the end when he finds it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he thought he was being transported. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well then, well, you clear that up then. Yeah, there you I'm go. We're on the same page. I, I don't have any other notes on this movie. I thought that it, the the movie looks fucking fantastic. Of course, holds uh, up. You know, it's the soundtrack to it is just phenomenal. I think if there's anybody Eerie. that's a little a, a, a little useless in this movie, maybe the Olivia character, the Scarlett Johansson character. Mm, um, she plays her she role. She plays her role, but you didn't need to get like I'm sure she cost. You know, I think ScarJo was was a, a pretty expensive get. Oh, at sure. this time, yeah, and Everybody I felt like you film. probably you probably could have gotten somebody a little a little actually less British, expensive. maybe yeah, maybe actually British. And here's the thing: even Hugh Jackman didn't come across British in this movie. Was he supposed to be British? Well, no, he was doing an American accent, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and but they spent like almost all their time in London in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we're he, we're uh, to assume that he's American, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes back to America, Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs. That's the most unrealistic part that, that <laughs> he's able going? to make multiple trips to America in the year eighteen ninety nine. Well, he didn't. He was in Colorado Springs like that entire time. Just like no, in, remember in he said come, come like, back in a month. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Unless we're to believe that he stayed there for an entire month while that machine was being built. Yeah, this this movie does a it lot of things with time. It plays around tense. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how long do you think the span of, of time is in this movie? From the first time that they're, they meet underneath uh, the other magician mm-hmm. to at the very end. Oh, I think there's probably a good 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Nobody really ages. Yeah, well, except for the daughter. Because <laughs> it's a movie. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, there and you go. she's the only clue as to how much time that's is passing through this movie. She looks about seven or eight or nine at the mm-hmm. end, doesn't she? That's yeah, yeah. So there's that, and I like that. I wish that maybe they were a little more... And, and again, I feel like Nolan learned his lesson from this movie because for me with Inception, like... Everything to me makes sense, you know, and he does a great job of outlining, okay, this is this timeline, this is this timeline, and and it was easy for me to follow without being spoon-fed. Yeah. Whereas with this one, it was it was a little uh, out of sorts. Yeah, because it's, it's half of it's kind of told in flashback, right? We're doing a little Tarantino thing, but also Nolan doesn't really give you visual clues. Mm-hmm. Like his style of editing, even when he's telling a movie in sequential order, although now I'm thinking about it, has he ever made a movie that's, well, the Insomnia. Batman movies. The Batman movies. And yeah. Insomnia, good point. Well, no, even the Batman movies are told a little out of order. Are they? Or ba- are Batman there? Begins is definitely told out of order. 
Oh, that's right, because mm-hmm. we have the whole him training in the Himalayas. Yeah. That's right. Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight are, are fairly yeah. fairly sequential. So even but even when he is telling something in sequential order, his style of editing, like he does not spoon feed anything to no. you. There isn't like you know, in film school, they're like, all right, well, when you're going to switch scenes, you need to have an establishing shot, right? Yes. We need to see where, no, where we are. There's and then no establishing. You need a line kind of saying where we are, and the you need to end, you know, ramp up to the conversation. Nolan doesn't do that in his editing. He will, he'll go right from one scene and a character asking a question, cut to another scene at another time, the, the, the progression of the story. We're now yeah. somewhere else. He just dropped you in the middle. Yeah. So when you're going to do that, and then on top of it, tell things out of sequence. Mm-hmm. There needed to be a little more visual clue yes. because it's it was almost confusion for confusion. The sake. only establish we ever got was Hugh Jackman standing at the the, the Colorado Springs. Uh, oh right, station, and it says fucking Colorado Springs. I was like, okay, that must be where we Here's are. Here's where we are. Yeah, yeah. And I think at one point they say the year eighteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. But aside from that. Um, yeah. But and, and, having, and Michael Caine says he says you're the best performer in London. Yeah, there <laughs> you like, go. Sorry. Well, thank we you got for a setting. That Thanks. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, I, I'm not. That's not a complaint because I love his style. He doesn't spoon feed anything mm-hmm. to you. He kind of res- respects the audience's intelligence. Maybe a little too much. Yeah. A little over my head that first time. Uh-huh. That first viewing. Uh, but but I'm an imbecile, so you know. On that, we are agreed. On me. <laughs> uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't quite put this in my top three. Interesting Nolan what, films. What but, are they? Uh, okay, Inception. Yep. Uh, and Dark Knight. Uh, Dark Knight's definitely in there. I really loved Insomnia. But wow, I did not like that. film. Did you not like no. it? No. I think it, for me, it's kind of a tie between Insomnia and Memento. It, it, see, that's my third. That's um, top third. That that movie blew me away. Yeah. Like again, talking about something that hadn't been. That is, yeah, that not never invented, been done. but yeah, hadn't been done before, and now is no, no pun intended, but cloned over and over again. Well, in Insomnia's defense, too, that was the only movie that Christopher Nolan's ever done that was a remake of something else. That's right. That's not his original material. Absolutely. Um, you know, I I liked I liked Pacino's performance in it. I liked Robin, Robin Williams. Williams is great in that. Uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff that he does in that movie, character wise, with Pacino. That's right. You know, kind of the fact that they're in. Uh, Alaska, and it's that that thirty days of day, and he cannot get to sleep, mm-hmm. and it's messing with his, uh, with his brain. I love it. I, I should I give love that another that shot because I've only seen that film once. Yeah, you should, you should, because th- there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in that movie. All right, um, yeah. all right. So, do you have any other notes? Anything else you want to touch? I do on? not. Okay. I feel like we've uh, we've progressed. Then, what did the Prestige do right? I love uh, I love the way it told that story mm-hmm. because and and again this is a credit to Nolan all of his films feel epic in yeah. a way and it didn't it didn't have to be long to feel epic it's just over two hours mm-hmm. um, not like uh, Interstellar is oh my God. can we agree that that's at the bottom of the list I don't know if it's right at the bottom Dark the Rises. Dark Knight Rises is definitely on the bottom yeah. but Interstellar I think is the most overhyped um, true. I, I felt like it was also his sloppiest story. It was sloppy. You say overhyped, but I remember there being a lot of hype before Inception, and that lived up to the hype for yeah, me. No, and that's what I'm saying. Like Inception wasn't overhyped because it lived up to it. Right. The Interstellar was... Yeah. It, it did not deliver. After all the hype, everything that you were expecting yeah. for this movie, it didn't live up to it. In fact, when like when Matthew McConaughey... Guys, spoiler alert. When Matthew <laughs> McConaughey ends up in like binary land... Right. And he's like pushing books and stuff and yep. like living within the cracks of the universe... They're communicating. And the fact that like he still gets found and like lives, yeah. I don't. I didn't enjoy that ride. A lot. I of didn't enjoy of that ride at all. And Jeff and I were talking about it with like the the relativity they played, and that's what they should the have time. called the movie. Yeah. was relativity because hmm. that would have touched on all of the the points of that movie. That's a good point. Instead of just interstellar. Yeah. 
Okay. And and you're very smart. Chris the Nolan. way that they it was ham handedly set up earlier on that uh, oh there's a ghost in the house, Daddy. Yeah. He keeps pushing books and sand and whatever. And you knew you knew of right course. off the bat. Oh, right off be the bat, him. you're like it's gonna be him. But then you have to wait an hour. Oh, so, just an hour? And again, <laughs> well, yeah, a couple from that point. And I and I understand there's like okay you know what but you don't know how but the the answer to how wasn't was not as satisfying. intriguing as it should and then, or could have been and then you know if you want you can look at that movie as like a a, a sequel to the martian or a prequel to the martian mm, yeah cuz it's another mad damon's lost in space movie i know uh, okay. <laughs> uh what i thought that the prestige did right i just loved the fucking production the way that movie looks it looks so gorgeous. Yep. Uh, there's that that moment where Andy Serkis's character and Hugh Jackman are standing in a field, and like they turn off all the power to Colorado Springs. Yeah, and like all the fucking lights light up in the field that they're in. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm like, man, you're telling me Hugh Jackman didn't fucking like accidentally step on a light bulb or two as they're walking through this fucking <laughs> right. field. Yeah, but it was really great. And like I thought, all the performances, you know, even though the accents, I was like, what? Mm. These accents are fucking killing me. All the performances were, fair, were were pretty good. They're oh, pretty yeah. believable. Uh, I would have liked a little bit more of the Christian Bale and his wife. You know, I would have liked a little bit more of that because that was a relationship that I bought into. Yeah, I didn't buy into any other relationships in this movie, but those I thought I thought they were strong, and so I would have liked a little bit more of that. I love that they gave her that whole thing to play with, where it was like, you know, you mean it today. Yes. Yeah, and I'm like, that's oh, that's such a great little touch. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I think production-wise, just on the whole, like this this movie looked, sounded, felt yeah. so authentic. Cannot disagree. What did the Prestige do wrong? Uh, and we touched on it earlier. I felt like they, he asked the audience to make one leap too many. Yeah. Uh, it's yes, we have uh, a machine that can clone. Like to me, that's the intriguing part of it. That what if magic were real mm-hmm. and these two magicians both had access to that same technology? Yeah. See, that's why I like my original theory that he was actually. The Christian Bale and just I, cloned himself once. I like that too. That theory of like how which one knows when when enough is enough. Yes, exactly. And, and I, I like that. But then you know you'd have to go and retool that character, those characters completely because I don't think their so. Enti- their entire existence, though, is an example of enough is never enough because they. I mean, they've de- they deceived this poor woman. Yes, and they're living a life and raising a family well, under sure. a lie. But to me, that makes the lie a little more believable. That. That at the age of 30 or whatever it was, he now has a clone of himself, and from this point on, they're having to live this duality instead of now we're asked to believe oh, they grew up this way, that this mm-hmm. was all part of their grand plan, yeah. and that he has to wear this horrible makeup. They do this every day, mm-hmm. multiple times a day, Fair and enough. that one of the clones is not clones, one of the twins has agreed to let the other one fuck with his wife just so they can keep this thing going. Yeah. Fair enough. I a see, little I, too far for me to I go. I see that. I see that. Uh, what I thought this movie did wrong, uh, like I pointed out, I, I wasn't pleased with the ending, the way that they put that all together at the end. I thought there was a little too many like twists at the very end of the movie. I'm like, okay, God, yeah. can we seriously, can we not just leave a little bit of this you know, to the audience, leave it ambiguous, just like a magic trick, just leave it as a yeah. question. So it's like, well... Well, wait a minute. Oh, how'd they do that? Let me watch that movie again, you right. know, and leave the clues in the movie of like, you know, well, it's up to you to draw that conclusion. You know, where did it go from there? Um, all right. So if we were going to remake The Prestige now, yeah. how would we do that, Joel? Well, I have uh, seven recasts that I've done. I think I've done all the main players, including Andy Circus, which will, uh, he's my lowest man on the totem pole. I think I did eight. Oh, you got one more on me then. Well, yeah. you want to you wanna start in ping pong? Uh, oh, wait. No, I do have seven. <laughs> Jeff just face-palmed over here. 
We don't always do it, but we can do it this time. I don't have a cast thing no, going. No, I've got, I've got eight. Okay, so uh, so I guess we'll, we'll just... Oh, shit, I have eight, too. We'll, well, there we go. Let's, we'll go back and forth. Okay. You, you start. Andy Serkis. Uh, Allie. That's his character's name. It's Allie. Is it? Mm-hmm. I don't remember, remember anybody ever saying his name. Who says that? Nicholas Tesla? Uh, Nikolai Tesla? It, it's at the very beginning, actually, where he introduces himself oh. to, uh, <laughs> to Hugh Jackman's character. Oh, details, Joe. Um, so uh, you don't get to see Simon Pegg do a lot of dramatic roles where he's not asked to be funny. I think he could pull this kind of role off. Yeah? Yeah. I went with Paul Giamatti. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Interesting. I tried to stick with just so you know, I tried to stick with actual British people. Oh, I didn't. So that nobody had to do accents. No, not not me. I went, I went with Paul Giamatti because I could see him playing that role. Oh, I like that. We took the power out of Colorado Springs. <laughs> Mr. Tesla. <laughs> you guys, just so you could do your uh, impersonation. Uh, that again. may not be an accent. If you think you're going to win another Eddie Award next year, you are correct. Uh, How uh, about uh, Piper Paraboo? Piper Paraboo, the, the character Parabu. of, uh, what was it, Julia? I think so. You know me in character I, names. I, I cast Amelia Clark because Ooh, I thought she looked just like Amelia Clark. Ooh, she does. Yep. Yeah. A, a cankly version of Amelia Clark, but I'll, I'll agree with you. Cankly. I went with uh, Kira Knightley. Oh. You've recast Kira Knightley a couple times now. Yeah, but I, I, I'm starting to move over to Daisy Ridley now. She's the new Daisy Ridley, or the new Kira Knightley. Gotcha. Kira Knightley she's, light. She's the new hotness. Mm-hmm. The new Star Wars. All right, so I guess from there, would you like to go with Olivia? Yeah, let's do that. The Olivia character played by Scarlett Johansson. Who do you have? Uh, I have an actress. I You probably know her by name. Natalie Dormer. Yes. Uh, but you Also from Game of Thrones. She's from Game of Thrones. She's also in uh, The Hunger the Games. The Hunger Games. Uh, yeah. and, and a few other assorted. I think she was in the first Captain America movie. B- small bit role. You wouldn't know her. If you go back and watch Captain America now, she's before he gets turned into Captain America. She has oh, okay. a small role. She's in okay. the, She's one of the, the army people. Nice. But I like her. Okay. Uh, I uh, <laughs> Originally, I went with an actor friend of mine named Lindsay Schmelzer. Oh. Uh, who I've done, I did a, a couple of shows with. Uh, okay, so like years ago, years and years and years ago, okay. did a show, uh, my like my second musical that I'd ever done. It was called A Murder, A Mystery, and a Marriage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, I was kind of still got, getting back into theater, and I decided to kind of stretch myself a little bit more and uh, and do a musical. And it was the fir- it's the first, I think the only time I've ever played a villain. Uh, oh. it, it was it was fun. It was fun, but I got to work with some really talented people. One of them was this girl Lindsay. Uh, I kind of had a little crush on back at the time, but she looks just like Scarlett Johansson. Like, oh you my know, god, really? They, well, maybe not just like, but she's got a striking resemblance to ScarJo. Uh, and so, be doing that, and also being like a, a, a totally fucking talented actress. Um, like this girl's really good. She, her, and uh, her husband moved back out to the West Coast, and they're constantly doing shows. They're always doing oh, yeah. I'm seeing, like, updates constantly of, like, stuff that she's done. Um, nice. So I would go that way. Are you going to propel her but, career? But <laughs> there's nothing I could do to propel it. I mean, like, she's <laughs> she, her and her husband are fucking great. Oh, yeah. Um, but people like that? If I have, I do. But if I had to pick, like, you know, celebrity, I, I went with Kat Dennings for Olivia. Okay. All yeah. right. I like that. Uh, all right. So the, the Sarah character. Mm-hmm. Played by Rebecca Hall. By Rebecca Hall. I went with Rose Byrne. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's kind of the same level. That is good, and that because she's 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 like the perfect woman you kind of want to marry, right? Yeah, she's yeah. good marriage material. Uh, and on that note, I went with Emily Blunt mm-hmm. in that same vein. That's a good one. Also yeah. British. Thank you. Love Emily Blunt. Oh, and we know she can she can be devastating when she has. Yes, to she can, and she's a pretty damn good action star. Yeah, like she's kind of getting I, into that. Have that, you seen that uh, Sicario? I haven't seen Sicario. Jeff has. Though. I hear it's good. It's yeah. good. 
Yeah, yep, that's been showing up on my, my VOD. Do you want to do uh, Cutter next or Tesla? Uh, let's. I, I mean, if we're going by importance in the film. So we'll go with Tesla? Yeah, I think so. All right, so the David Bowie character, Nikola Tesla, uh, I recast with Dave Grohl. <laughs> I wanted to go with another nice. kick-ass musician. A little crazy-eyed. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I, I believe that. I yeah. believe that. Oh, my God, that'd be awesome. Um, I did not go that route. And again, sticking with my, my Brits only, I went with Hugh Laurie, House. Nice. That's a good one. As a Especially coming off his wonderful performance in Tomorrowland. Don't even. You know what? <laughs> you guys shit on Tomorrowland. I listened to last week's episode. He's trying to forget he was in that, too. Jim. Which, by the way, listeners, I do not agree with all the things said on last week's episode about the best of 2015. I I I finally uh, saw Tomorrowland and, and quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it, I found idiot. it enjoyable. Not <laughs> now look, there's a lot of good stuff going on in that film. Jeff, um, we, we don't judge here. I I like belligerent. <laughs> yeah, belligerent. <laughs> that sounds like a belligerent giraffe. It's a belligerent Jeff. I like that. Uh, all right, so Cutter, mm. the uh, the Michael Caine character. Michael Caine. Who How about uh, Bill Nighy? Oh, that's from good. Uh, Love Actually that's and uh, good. Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Uh, I went with Jeremy Irons. Ooh, <laughs> I traded one stately. Alfred for another Alfred. Oh, my, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> also played an Alfred. Or so, still plays an Alfred, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now uh, Here we, we go. The big we've two. Got the big two. Uh, you want to do Hugh Jackman first? Mm, yeah, sure. Well, why I'd not? I'd love to do Hugh Jackman. Wolverine. Robert Angier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with Tom Hiddleston. Ooh, he was on my short list. Good I'd call. I'd like to see him play something like this. Loki. Oh man, and he would. He would. Yes, yeah, you could see the obsession in his uh-huh. eyes. Oh yeah, I like that a lot. That's and like, still be likable. Like Hugh Jackman had plenty of times in this movie where he was a likable guy, sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And I think Tom Hiddleston could do that. I agree. Uh, I also agree uh, on all those notes with uh, Tom Hardy. I know it's uninspired, but uh, he, he and he's good at everything. Yeah, and this I, is true. I could as much as I was trying to. I thought of him immediately, and then I was like, oh, let's find somebody else. But I kept coming back to him, so why fight it? Just yeah. let it happen. Yeah, just let it happen. I will. So the Alfred Borden character, Here who did go. you cast there? Christian Bale. How about Ewan McGregor? Obi-Wan oh, in that, that role. I like that. I went with Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why you were conspicuously silent on my choice. There you go. Ooh. Be- because he's got a history with like, Chris Nolan material, mm-hmm. and I- I'd like to see him playing that Chris and If Because I like Tom Hardy, and what's better than Tom Hardy than... Two Tom Hardys. More Tom Hardys. <laughs> Let's have more multiple Hardys. I like that in this movie. Uh, all right. So who directs yours? Uh, well, you know, this movie ends with uh, at least one, if not two, several uh, or big twists at the end. Uh, and who knows twists better than M Night Shyamalan? That's oh right. He will God. be. No, but can't you see it? Like if no. he had this script. No, and I don't. This want is to. a film he could do with no. this script. No, he can't. All right. You ever see After Earth? Uh, ever see? Um, I was gonna say the happening. <laughs> ever see? Uh, hey guys, the honeybees. What's going on with that? You know what? I I, I, for, I keep remembering you don't like Unbreakable, so I can't cite I that. I hate Unbreakable as a good so film. much. What's but, your favorite? M9? But I like Signs a lot, which I know Signs, is a very unpopular opinion with people. Sign, no, Signs is enjoyable. Signs has a lot going for it. Uh, I think there are more holes in that film than Unbreakable. I believe Joel, Unbreakable more. Joel, The Last Airbender. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I yeah. couldn't even get that title. <laughs> uh, Sixth Sense. It's the only. It's the I only know. Shyamalan movie that no, I like. I didn't like The Village, huh? No. Didn't like Lady in the Water. No. I think Village. I, think I not saw. Get it to do. I saw The Village, and I guess. Whoever was showing the movie, like they didn't crop it in the right angle, so we were seeing like the uh, boom mics and stuff. Projectionist man, and I was like, "What the fuck is that? That's a fucking boom mic." Because uh. I've tried to watch it on DVD since, and I haven't seen it. No, because they know how to cr- but, frame like, it out properly. Th- I didn't know that, dude. For the longest time, I thought like 
okay, when you go through and you edit the movie, you you cut the movie and like make the print, you cut those things out. I always <laughs> thought that shit was cut out. Like you don't see the boom mics and stuff. No, they gotta have it in there. That's so you, know, you just don't see funny. it anymore because it's all done digitally. We've taken it out of the hands of yeah. of. Uh, of people lesser are, people lesser make talent. five dollars an hour. That's right. Uh, I went with Neil Berger as my director. The same. G- the, you remember <laughs> when this movie came out? There was another movie about a magician called The Illusionist. <laughs> oh, that's with right. Ed- Edward Norton. It had a little Armageddon Deep Impact yeah, thing going on, which was a good movie. Yeah, it's it no just prestige. wasn't the prestige. And so I went with him for this. And that's also Paul Giamatti was in that as well. Oh <laughs> no, I'm that's, making the connection. That's now. where I got that. You from. know what? And I, I was looking at the the stats on this. This was not a box office success. Of course, no. Christopher Nolan wasn't really a household name at that point. Uh, um, was this the movie he got right before Batman? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it was right after. Uh, oh no! They, this he did right after Batman because that was the joke when it came out. Like people were like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's Wolverine and Batman That's as magicians. Right. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That's weird then, because yeah. I'd have figured after Batman Begins, which was a success, but that people would have jumped to this. No, thing. but I think it's the same thing that happened with the the, the volcano movies, oh, where yeah. they both came out at the same time, and so they both suffered, even though one was much better than the other. Oh. Batman, was a, year Batman, Batman was, was a year before. All right, there you go. And then what was after Prestige? Uh, he did The Dark Knight. Film Noir. No, oh, that's some bullshit. That's probably some like documentary or something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. All right. All right. So if you've got any thoughts about <laughs> the Prestige or thoughts about what we've had to say about it, you can always talk back to us on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook in the search bar, put in the editing bay, find the woman with the bleeding eyes. At least for now. Oh. Uh, and that's us. That's where you can talk back to us and tell us your thoughts. And if you have an idea for a movie that you'd like us to watch and talk about in the new year, that's where you would go ahead and. Send us your suggestions. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is www. The dot is very important. Editingbay.com. You can go there. Um, we have our. I'm, I'm hosting our 2016 Eddie Awards there that you can listen to if you if you missed it in iTunes. If you're not a subscriber, um, and uh, we still have uh, pictures from the live show from a couple of years ago. We still have a swag uh, section where you can you want to support the show. You can buy a T-shirt. We got a T-shirt. Uh, I vow in 2016 we'll be rolling out new T-shirts, but yeah. uh, but for now, pick one up, support the show. That'd um, be great. And also we have links from our website to all of our social media networks. So if you're always wondering, oh, what is that Twitter handle for Editing Bay? Uh, it is at the Editing Bay, by the way. But you don't have to remember that. All you have to remember is EditingBay.com. Hey, so speaking of uh, T-shirts, we were giving away the Sean Aston signed picture to anybody oh. who bought a T-shirt in the month of December. Had we ever heard back from the... Uh, from G.D. Keene or whoever it was that wrote that review for I him? do not think so. No? Uh, Joe is referencing the review that we read in the editing uh, the Editing Awards episode where uh, we had a, we had a person unsubscribe, and yeah. I think he was true to his word, <laughs> his or her word. Yeah. Because uh, uh, we never heard back. Episode. We wanted to give them this signed picture. Yeah. Uh, and, but that's okay because, uh, you know, I know Joel was giving away T-shirts to people if we read the reviews on the air. Yeah. And we've, we've received another review since then. We have. And I don't know if you want to, <laughs> I'm speaking for you, Chewy, <laughs> if you want to give a, a T-shirt to this person or not, but... Oh, absolutely. We're going to stand by our word. But we do have, so you wanted to you wanted to read that. Yeah, because like you said, we said if you do a review, we're going we're gonna to read it on the air, you get a T-shirt and... Well, you know what I'm going to do then? Mm. I'm going to send this person that signed picture of Sean Ashton. I think this person, deserve, this person deserves it because this person has gone above and beyond. Mm-hmm. You'll know what I'm talking about when I get into it. Okay. So this person will run a review. I keep saying this person. I'll refer to uh, him as uh, A underscore band because that's his handle uh, that he left on, uh, on, on our iTunes review. Uh, and did it in direct response to the review that was read online because it was so scathing. And if you were like us, us we thought maybe oh, uh, there's some, some valid points in there, <laughs> probably pointed right at me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also some, some unfair assessments. So uh, here is the review that uh, A underscore band 
uh, wrote us on iTunes. The Editing Bay is the perfect blend of artistic analysis, it's true, geek culture, <laughs> and good humor. Like Goldilocks' third bowl of porridge, the mix here is just right. They sucked me in with their hilarious reviews of the Star Wars prequels and quickly snuck into my regular rotation. Thanks. The humor can be a bit on the raunchy side. It's true. But the hosts seem like such nice guys. Also true. It's hard to take offense. It's all in good fun. For those who enjoy casual, funny conversations about movies, this is your ticket. Ah, uh, but then he, he finishes with this. One tiny note of criticism. The girl with the bleeding eyes, our logo, may not be the best mascot for the show. Kind of seems more horrific than the actual tone of the podcast. Uh, I had to... Somewhat agree, Joe, when we first started this podcast, it was about bad movies. We're going to yes. do bad movies. And we started low. We were picking low-budget student films. We did Birdemic, for Christ's sake, Thanksgiving, movies that people hadn't really heard of but were, were really bad. And then uh, we got out of that. Now we kind of do guilty pleasures. Sometimes we do good movies. We both love The Prestige, this week's movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know that that's, that's fair. We don't just uh, – these movies won't all make your eyes bleed. No. No, not all of them. Uh, I think <laughs> what we uh, – what we had originally set out to was the fact that, like, you know, we there's there's a, a point where you can watch too many movies, and you just like, uh, yeah. you know, my eyes are bleeding because I've been I've been it's watching. Like clockwork I'm, orange. I'm, I'm trying to defend the fact that we've got this woman with the bleeding eyes, but all in all, the point that our reviewer makes is it's true. Yeah, that. The, the the logo doesn't quite represent anymore what the editing yes. bay is. Not in 2016. So he's been kind enough to uh, to offer to redesign uh, and, and even gave us a little mock-up. And he's got it mocked up with T-shirts and how it would look on coffee cups. Yeah. This guy's ambitious. We need to hire this guy. It's very cool. Yeah, no, but right. uh, we, uh, we're not sure what we're going to do. We do, we definitely want to do a, a rebrand here in 2016. And we, we're going to need a new logo. We might not go with this logo, but yes. we wanted you guys to see it. Absolutely. Because how often do we get fan art? We don't. <laughs> we right. don't. We don't get enough fan art and we don't get enough enough like uh like slash fic written about us oh <laughs> looks like some homoerotic uh, yeah. slash fic. uh is there any other kind <laughs> uh so we're kind of excited about this so we yeah. want to we want you guys to see this we're going to try to throw this up on the uh on yeah, the website be on the facebook and uh, yeah. so uh, give us your comments if you like it you know let us know and we'll uh, we'll maybe try to work it uh work it in mm-hmm. uh take some some design cues so thanks sure. again a underscore band for doing that um True, a true fan, and you have yourself a signed picture from Sean Astin coming your way, as well as a T-shirt. If uh, if you reach out to me, I think he's already got my my, my Twitter message. Cool, he's, he's messaging me that way. Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, not only thank you to the reviewer to a band, but also thank you for listening. And uh, and next week, <laughs> we're, yeah. it's a, it's another tribute. <sighs> yeah, uh, we're going to be uh, honoring the memory of Alan Rickman. That's right. Uh, since we've already talked about Die Hard. Uh, we're yeah. going to talk about another fan favorite. We're going to be bringing Jason Cox back into the studio. That's right. We're going to talk about Galaxy Quest. I know. I'm excited about The best about Star this Trek movie ever. <laughs> you know, it is. Our, it was already on my list, and so this seemed uh, uh, fitting. It's easy to go like Harry Potter. It's easy to go, like you said, Die Hard. We already did that. Yeah. Um, but or Love Actually. Or Love Actually, yes. Those are mm-hmm. the, probably the three Robin roles Hood, he's known Prince most of for. Prince of Thieves. Four roles. Um, but uh, he puts <laughs> Dogma, in, Metatron. Yeah, that, that was that was my second Five choice. Roles. <laughs> no, nobody knows. I'm gonna just that. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep naming like Alan Rickman movies. Just Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but uh, I think this is a perfect pick because uh, he's he, he kind of tugs at the heartstrings. He's funny. I read he's, about it in Forbes magazine. <laughs> he's uh, at his Alan Rick, Rickmanist. Yes. I'm looking forward to 390. that. <laughs> so uh, join us next week. We're going to be talking about Galaxy Quest. Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Joel, always a pleasure. Same to you. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening.
listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.